Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hello everybody and welcome to the Cheeseman Podcast. This is Brendan, your host for the show, joining me to review today's win over Skendija and to look ahead to the weekend's action against Newcastle and talk all things Spurs. We're delighted to be joined by a friend of the pod, Abby Summers. Abby, welcome back. How are things? Hi, pleasure to be back. Things are good. Things are um, covid <laughs> as um, I'm sure they are for you as well. Um, but things are going well. It's just um, busy work-wise and freelance stuff-wise, but it's all good things. Fantastic. Well, busy is good. Busy, we were talking off air, so busy in work at this time is really good. And I'm really enjoying your Run of Play podcast. And right at the end, we'll have a chat about that pod so you can let our listeners know about Run of Play. Joining Abby and myself is Toronto Spurs legend, Sean Willisie. Sean, good to have you back, mate. How are things? Not too bad here. You know, COVID numbers going back up. So we're like Abby and uh, wondering when the next lockdown is going to happen. It's been crazy. Well, let's get on to things. We've just beaten, I can't fucking say the name. Bloody hell. Skendija. Skendija. We've just beaten Skendija 3-1. As always, let's look at the lineup. Abby, any surprises in that lineup? There was no Hoybier. Worried he might have been injured after that Romeo challenge. But reasonable lineup, didn't you think? Yeah, I thought it was a pretty um, strong team, I guess. It was a team that was pretty standard. There wasn't really any shocks in there. Um, didn't expect everyone to travel either. I don't think it was an injury-related thing to Hoiberg as far as I'm aware, but we've got a lot of games, so there has to be squad rotation and you're going to see a lot of different changes in it, formations and things like that and personnel. Um, as you know, Jose's already said, with all the Delhi situation, the hysteria that surrounded Delhi <laughs> this kind of last two weeks or so. So no, no no major um, issues in that lineup. Um, I saw the first half, so I guess I got a good part of it. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a win. It's it's another game in this ridiculously long run up to even just get to the group stages of the Europa League. So a win's a win and it's another one under the belt. So I guess um, it was a successful trip to Bulgaria. Was it Bulgaria? Macedonia. Macedonia. <laughs> Macedonia. Somewhere uh, in Eastern Europe. Yeah, it was there. It always is, is part of the Europa. Sean, let's look at the first goal. I mean, it kind of set up the, the pattern of play for that first half where they were just sitting back, letting us have the ball and 
giving us space and we really should have we really should have put them to bed in that first half and, and we saw what happened in the second half. But on the goal itself, Lamella took it quite well, didn't you think? I, I wasn't aware that Eric Lamella could score with his right foot. I thought he I thought he oh, I thought he was like left footed only. Like I'd like to go back and maybe maybe HG the, the god of all soccer knowledge can find that out for us. The last time Lamella scored with his right foot. Uh, but you know, like you said, we were they were giving us the ball. We really should have been up two or three nil at the half. I'm not sure why we weren't pressing them a little more and really going after it. I think if you look back to those, if you remember the first three friendlies, we pressed, we went at it, and we went after teams that obviously were not as good as us, and Scrandesia is not. But for some reason, we didn't really seem to press our advantage too much. Hmm. Yeah, it was it was strange. It kind of felt as if we were sort of almost dropping to their level. Like we could we saw that they were limited by the the space they were giving us, the time they were giving us on the ball, and we didn't really look to capitalize. We just looked like, oh right, this is the the rhythm of play. We'll play along to that rhythm. It was it was strange. Anyway, Abby, their goal. I mean, it was a worldy. Uh, to be honest, like we weren't expecting it to to go into the top quarter, but still, it, it, there was no pressure on him and and. It did put the tie at risk. Are you a bit concerned by the, the complacency that, that appeared in that, that period of the game? I think it's similar to last week's game um, against Plovdiv as well, because, I mean, you go there and you know that Tottenham are, and, the, and they know that they're a far better side than what they're playing. And I think you guys are right saying that, you know, they kind of adapted to like their style of play and slowed it down and things like that. And at halftime in both games, we should have had that tie completely you know, nailed on, shut up shop and everything be good and done for the second half. But it is very typical Tottenham, you know. They mm. <laughs> they tend to go with that attitude that, you know, oh, well, it's going to be a breeze, it's going to be a walk in the park. And then like last week, and it's different this week, we'd already gone a goal up, but you get yourself into a position where then you're a bit on the ropes for five, ten minutes. You don't know what way the, the game's going to go because teams like this, are the ones that can pull a result out of like the like the absolute abyss, and it's weird because you're like they should never really be conceding against you know the type of level of players that we have in our team, but we seem to always manage to uh, <laughs> to concede a goal or two. Um, mm. But I guess it's how you bounce back from it, and obviously we finished the game strong. So ones like that that come and they're an absolute worldie, they're hard to stop. But I think that. You know, Bergwin didn't play that great today. I don't think by the sounds of it, Davis had a good game. I think it was his fault for the goal, maybe. So it's just individual errors, which again cost us a lot last season. But we can only hope that with the rebuilding that we seem to be doing. And and one thing Jose has been doing is kind of calling people out, you know, saying he needs more from them, this, that. And mm. there's also competition for places. So the individual errors, every game they've got to treat it like they're earning their right to be in that team rather than it just being kind of like a formality, which I think over the past few seasons it had kind of become for some of those players. So now you can, you know, have to have to work for it to keep your place in that side. And these are the games that you've got to work for it in because just because that they're a, you know, a small team in Bulgaria or Macedonia doesn't mean the game's won. Doesn't mean you automatically go through. You've got to work hard in it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was strange that we had to sort of bring on Lo Celso and Kane to sort of put the tie to bed. And um, we did that. Sean, we, um, we had those two goals. I think it was 70th and 76th minute. So I don't think it was really in danger. It was just, when that when their goal went in, it was just oh Spurs. But of those two goals, of Sonny's and Kane's goal, which was your favourite? Which was your pick of those two? I'm going to give a little bit of an edge to Harry because uh, Sonny's really was just right place, right time. A little bit mm. of a poacher's goal, but you still got to bury it. Um, Harry, God, that was horrible marking. It was like there was three guys around him. They just all kind of <laughs> stood there and kind of just watched, and then Harry just clinically just took it and buried it right in the corner with that header. Down on the ground, into the corner, no chance for the goalie. Abby, probably the biggest plus, other than, of course, our progressing, is that Tongyun Nobele completed 90 minutes. It's crazy. 
when you were last on, you did have a bit of ITK knowledge that you felt he was on his way. Uh, do you still stand by that? Or do you think that he might now have a future at the club? I, I hope he's got a future at the club. I think I said it last time I was on here um, as well, that I think it would have been a mistake to let him go. Quite a rash decision as well of that. So the, the ITK I was informed of was that he was very much out the door. They um, We also saw in the interview, you know, that sit-down conversation he'd had with, uh, with Daniel Levy. And I'm sure there was obviously more that went on maybe outside of the cameras or stuff they obviously didn't put in there. But I think it was a very big turning point for them in the summer and Inter Milan were very, very interested. And there's been numerous reports about that. And I think it was a case of either the club weren't going to let him go for less than they wanted or something between them, or maybe he decided he wanted to stay and prove himself um, and Inter in turn went for uh, Vidal instead um, in that Mm. position. So I think it's really good for Tottenham. I think it's really good to let him have another season, prove himself, kind of play a full 90 as well, more than just once, um, and, you know, integrate into the team. Because I think as fans, we've all seen enough to know that he's absolutely talented and he's mm. got loads of potential to be just great. And him and that Lacelso partnership could be something wonderful for Tottenham. And I think that hopefully we'll get to see that more as the season goes on. And Jose just giving him the chance that he needs and, you know, them kind of doing bygones be bygones mm. as to whatever went on at the back of the season. I think it's a really good thing for Tottenham and I think it will benefit us long term. And I, I never thought that we should have even been thinking of selling him. I don't think he had a particularly fair crack of the whip last season. Last season was so awfully long and painful mm. in so many different ways. And I think that he had injuries, he wasn't fully fit. And I just think that it was very um, disjointed last season. And to make such a big decision after your record-breaking signing of 65 million just to you know kind of send him off after Jose having him for kind of six months I don't think that was particularly fair so I'm really glad that he looks to be staying and I can't see him can't see him going now before the window it was encouraging to see him last the 90 minutes and and he was he was running about he was tracking back even and like sort of in deep into the second half like well we've got our tongue um so it's great to see Sean (laughs) your thoughts on Joe Hart's first competitive game for us I mean there wasn't much he could do about the goal but other than that, how do you think he did during the game? He seemed reasonably well. Um, like you said, he took most of the chances they got. He was off his line, out getting balls. Uh, he didn't really get caught out. The best, the biggest thing for this for me is that it just gives him a little bit of confidence. And ultimately, I think that's what he needs. He just needs a run of two, three games here and there where he comes out, plays well, gets a clean sheet, or you know, there's a, a worldly goal that he just couldn't stop. And... Because we got to think, if, if anything does happen to Hugo, God forbid it does. Or that, you know, you just want to rest him here or there. Because with this fixture congestion, what we got four games coming up in the next little over a week. Mm. You're going to ha- need to have times where you can sit sit Hugo down and get, get him out there if it's not going to be Gazaniga. Because I can only assume with this, it sounds like we're going to sell Gazaniga to raise money for Skriniar or someone else. So... We need, we need to have a goalie who's confident and that the team's confident in. Uh, but yeah, no, it was good to see Joe get, get the full 90. Not much he could do about the goal, but yeah, it was he, he seemed to sort of communicate well with the defenders. We, we looked, I mean, the competition wasn't great, but the defence did look a bit more organised than before. We're obviously having Toby back in there as well. So yeah, so we, we know now who we will face. We will face Maccabi Haifa in the final qualifying round next week. And it's, <laughs> it's at home as well, which uh, thank goodness. So we don't have to travel to to Bulgaria or Macedonia or anywhere else out there, at least for the time being. Just moving on now, uh, we have Newcastle on the weekend. They've had a bit of a mixed bag results-wise in the league. Uh, They beat West Ham 2-0 away. 
uh, but they lost to Brighton 3 0 at home. And they looked to have put that to bed by thumping League Two Morecambe. 7-0 in the Carabao. Even Joel Linton scored. So, well, we say that he scored against us. So, so just, uh, Abby, your, your thoughts on the upcoming game against Newcastle. Um, and yeah, just your thoughts in general. What are your, what are your Newcastle memories? I'm sure you've been to a few Newcastle games. been to many a Newcastle game. Ones I've actually been to haven't always been, <laughs> haven't always been happy, <laughs> happy affairs. It's, see, I know we were talking off air about it, um, but I think <laughs> Sean was saying that, you know, the, the, the last couple of games that have been quite good in recent years since that 5-1 you know drumming of us we seem to struggle I think against Newcastle I think they're, they're quite physical and um obviously last season we lost at home to them I can't mm. even remember what the away the away result was I we, think we won that though yeah, it was 3-1 in July yeah yeah 3-1 that was I think that they're quite physical and I think that they're up for a game they're definitely not one of those teams where it's you know you can just play them and it's three points in the bag I don't really feel that way anymore about any Premier League team in, in fact there's definitely no um easy games in the mm. premier league anymore newcastle will be on their game you know they just they, they want to get as many points as they can because ultimately for them it's always about staying up and finishing you know kind of as close to the top half or if the, in the top half of the table if they can wilson farren fraser um they signed someone else as well sorry was it jeff hendrick they've signed as well yeah <laughs> yeah so they've, they've got they've got so there we go we got there in the end so they've got they've got loads of attacking options and i think you know that's something they probably haven't always had i know they've got Joe Linton and of course one of the only teams he scored against last season um, <laughs> and hopefully um, Sir Maximum will be out for this one so that's one less threat but it's always a good game against Newcastle and it's always very physical so I think for Tottenham where we have rested some players obviously I know Kane came on and the Celso came on but I think we might see a different defence I get the impression that maybe Toby won't be playing every game Mm. Um, especially at the minute while we have such a big fixture pile up and he loves Eric Dyer in that position as well as we've seen but I guess it kind of bodes well if you've got fresh leg too coming in and having that squad rotation and I don't know if it's too soon to see Regulon does anyone does anyone have any information on that? I've not seen anything no but I'd love to see him I'm so excited to, to see him play for us we'll get on to the, the sort of the style of play when we go on to us but Sean I mean just looking at the record so Mourinho has won all eight of his home matches against Newcastle in all competitions. His best such 100% record against any team. On the flip side, against no side of Newcastle won more Premier League away matches than their 10 against Spurs, with the Magpies winning four of their last six visits. That's mental. Like we said before, if you look at that, they've won most games here. But uh, since that 5-1 defeat at the end of the 2016 season, we've beaten the five of the last six. All of the goals, all of the games have been really close. One goal, two goal games. And I think that's what we're going to see again tomorrow. But I think the big thing for us is we need to try and get on this game early and get out in front with four games next week. They're going to know and they're going to want to be physical and get on us and make us work for it. And we need we need to get up on them and make them work rather than the other way around. Yeah, well, they, they have got a few injuries. Um, so Dubravka, who I quite like Dubravka, he looks quite a tidy goalie. And Shah, Fabian Shah, Dwight Gale. And San Maxine does look like he has an ankle knock, which is great news for us after the way he plays played against us in July. Abby, like, who's, who would you think the danger man is? Like, where where is the key battle? Is it Carroll up against Dio? Where do you see this game won and lost? <sighs> to be honest, I know I'm just reading the stat that we've got down here about Callum Wilson. I can't believe he's it's been 509 minutes of football against Spurs and hasn't conceded because for me, when I look at Callum Wilson, I think he's, you know, a pretty good centre forward. I, I really rate his play and I think that, you know, you've always got that big kind of traditional striker that Newcastle like in Andy Carroll and it is a threat for us especially when you know we're not kind of sure 
who our favoured defensive partnership is these days. Um, so you don't really know who's going to be matched up to that. But I think that's definitely not right of Callum Wilson, despite that stat, because he's a he's a pretty good striker and he's mm. he's getting goals of late. Um, he, there's been no stopping of that. So I think that he'll be one to look out for. Um, again, the creative midfield for me, it's always run and lost in the midfield. And I think sure. that's where Tottenham struggle sometimes mm-hmm. um, recently. I don't know. I don't see us dominate a lot of games in the centre of the park. And I think that's where we do tend to struggle and where we invite teams onto us with the pressure. So I think there, that will really be the key battle uh, in the middle and who he decides to play there. But you'd assume he'd start with Lacelso. Not so sure we can get another 90 out of Ndombele. That might <laughs> just be too much <laughs> too much to ask. But um, I kind of expect Hoiberg to, to come back in and he's quietly had two very nice games for us. He won't get all the plaudits because I don't think he's that type of player. But no. I think the job that he's been brought in to do um, I think he does, you know, fairly, fairly well. He's going to be that type of player that doesn't set, you know, he doesn't get all the accolades for it. But then again, if you look at how Dembele was, and this is absolutely no comparison between the two, just before I get shouted out on this podcast by anyone, <laughs> no comparison between the two. But uh, when you look at how amazing we all rated Dembele, that's because we saw him week in, week out, but mm-hmm. not everyone else recognised just how good of a player he was and the work he did because he's one of those players that, you know, gets on with the job and goes under the radar unless you watch it, watch him week in, week out. And I think that potentially, which is a potential, Hoiberg could be that type of player that is very, very important for Tottenham and goes under the radar and can actually, you know, quietly dominate that midfield. And if he's in a partnership with, let's say, Ndombele, the Celso or Winks, because he, he obviously really likes Winks as well. Mm. Um, I think that could be something that definitely strengthens as the season goes on and something that Tottenham will need to strengthen as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Hoybier will play that role sort of just in front of the defence, picking up the ball and trying to find uh, Lo Celso to bring the ball forward. Lo Celso, it strikes me as a bit of a Modric. He's not an, he's not an Ericsson. He's the sort of guy that will play that pass before the assist. He's not the ass- mm. he's not an Ericsson. So, um, yeah, I, I can see the pairing of... Um, of Hoybier and and Rosselso in there. Um, Sean, how do you see the game planning out? I mean, we're playing at home. You'd hope that we would be a bit more adventurous than we were in that 3-1 away fixture. Do you think Jose will persist with the low block and, and catch them on the counter? How do you see the, the tactical battle here? This is Jose. This is what we're seeing pretty much game in, game out. He wants to play that a counter-attacking football. He wants to be solid at the back, soak up the pressure and then hit them. Now, it worked well against um, Southampton in the last match. Mm. But I, th- I would like to see us be a little more on the front foot. Because I said earlier, when you go back to those preseason friendlies, we were out. We were kind of like those that old Spurs team. We were up front. We were pressing. We were turning the ball over. We were scoring. And we were putting games to bed early. And I don't see why we can't have a plan A and a plan B or play one way, play another way, another way, because good squads should be able to play multiple ways. And this isn't a game, they're not really known as a, a big attacking squad, so why aren't we going after them and making them on the back foot rather than playing the other way? And you know, it takes one mistake and suddenly you're down a goal. Well, I, I see what you mean. being out there and going after it. Sorry to jump in, but I, I see what you mean. But we, when we lost to them 1-0 last season, we had all the possession. They sat back. They had a breakaway goal with Joe Linton and then just sat back, soaked up pressure and dealt with us pretty easily. So the tactic that Mourinho plays will be, is counter to that. It's, it's like, okay, you guys have the ball. Come and get us. 
And then, then, then they leave the space, and then we exploit it with the pace of Son and eventually Bale. So, I mean, Abby, are you enjoying the low block counter-attacking tactic? It worked so well against Southampton last week, and even against Newcastle in July that we're playing this weekend. Are you are you enjoying the tactic? And do you think that the signings that we're making, Regulon, Doherty, sort of really sort of attack-minded fullbacks, do you think that will change the, the style of play eventually? I think it's hard to argue with the second half against Southampton because for the first time in a very long time, I've really enjoyed watching Tottenham play. Mm. Um, however, it was a complete tale of two halves. You know, the first half was ri- just, just extraordinary even think about it, as, as for Everton as well. Um, but if you go back and you think about the last kind of, you know, six games from the restart, obviously taking, you know, that Sheffield game and Bournemouth game out of it, kind of after those two turning points, I felt that we I could kind of see the way that Jose wanted to play but for me when he actually tries to play football instead of just doing this you know route one long ball trying and hoping that Kane gets on the end of it Mm. um and we actually play proper football and use the players that we've got to our advantage very attacking players our, our front is ridiculous then I think that's when you know that we're the most dangerous and having the fullbacks and Doherty and Regulon I think that that's bringing something back to Tottenham that we haven't had for maybe four or five seasons since mm. we had Danny Rose, um, you know, at full pelt and we had Carl Walker. And that was the kind of football that led us to be so successful um, under Pochettino in those seasons because mm. you had attacking threat coming from either side. You had an amazing front three and you had that uh, dominance in the middle. So if that's what he's trying to rebuild, which I can only think that he is based on the signings we've made, you know, adding, to, adding Bale to that front line. I mean, you just would not want to be a defender with Kane, Bale and Son running towards you. You know, and you look at the bench and what you've got and you look at the emphasis of those fullbacks and they probably will play higher up the pitch. Mm. Um, And I just can't wait to see it all in action. And I just think that the route one long ball that he has kind of been associated with this like negative kind of tactic of slowing the game down and there's no real like urgency on anything. It's very like uninspiring to watch from what we've seen. I think that will change because I think that he's suddenly been backed out of absolutely nowhere uh, <laughs> absolutely nowhere caught everyone off guard no one knows what Daniel Levy's smoking these days and um I think it's quite refreshing actually because you know you're doing and being able to now rebuild so to speak this team that has needed a rebuild for so long so the players he had last season I think that he Obviously, he said, I'm so happy with them. But in theory, and now you can see in practice, he obviously wasn't that happy with them. And um, it's it's now giving him another option to not just play that type of negative football he became so much associated with while he was at United. And mm. that was kind of where he picked up with Tottenham, playing that type of football. But you can, you can always argue, you can play boring football if you get the results, but you have to get the results to back it up. Um, but I would like to see much more of the tactics second half against Southampton because that is proper Tottenham, you know, yeah. that attacking, nice, flowing football, looking ahead rather than, you know, side to side and back. Well, I guess you kind of answered my question already here, but I mean, you've you've always been quite a vocal in your criticism of Enoch and Levy's running of the time. Very eloquently, much more eloquent than other people that are critical of, of Enoch and Levy. <laughs> are you encouraged by these signings that we've made? And, and it looks like it's not over. I mean, we're still looking at Skriniar and, and Milik and, and other the players coming in I mean it's great no I mean it's fantastic and yeah I am very very critical of him because it does baffle me how 
you know, you had a manager in Pochettino who had actually achieved and brought the club forward so much. Yes, he hadn't won anything, but I also think that two windows pretty much without any signings, two seasons away from home, it's a pretty, you know, he got pretty raw under the deal on that one. And then to not be backed and then be sacked, you know, kind of four months after you reached Champions League final, they did him a bit dirty. And I don't think he was given the backing that he probably should have and needed and, and earned, really. Mm. Um, but I have to say, credit where it's due. I mean, it has it hasn't broken the bank, we'll be honest. Honest, yeah, if you look at who's been purchased, smart. you know, it's been spark business. I mean, Gareth Bale, he'll make the you know twenty million back for Gareth Bale, you know, probably within the first day, um, <laughs> in terms of shirt, in terms of shirt sales and commercial stuff. So that's an absolute no-brainer. Um, as for Regulon, we have needed a, a left back and, and Doherty as well, left back and right back for probably now two, three seasons. So I would say that they were both essential, and we probably should have done that kind of a deal maybe a year ago or a year, you know, even two years ago. So the signings that we've made um, are not particularly, you know, they're not breaking the bank. You know, Joe Hart was required because Michelle Vaughan and not to be disrespectful to Gazaniga because I think he's, um, I think he's, an, you know, probably a very nice guy and gorgeous. keeper. But you needed, and gorgeous as well, but you needed someone else maybe with a little bit more experience as well back there for that, for those type of games, you know, with the running that we've got and how many there's going to be. And also, yeah, I mean, if we go and sign another centre-half, uh, whether, you know, whether it be uh, Skrinar or, Ruben Dias or someone like that, it'll be a very, very successful window. Very yeah. successful. And it's it's that rebuild that we have needed for a really long time. And mm. it was one that Pochettino called for, you know, before the Champions League final. And it's just, it is a little bit frustrating as to why he didn't back him, but he does back Jose. But yeah. as long as he backs him, I don't really care. My whole thing with Jose is that I see him as more of a, he's here for a good time, not a long time. And if mm. he's here in that, you know, kind of two, three years and he wins us, as many trophies as he can in that time and he's invested as much as he wants to in that two three year period and he gets it and he gets it done then you know then they've turned it around the opinion for myself and other people that also are very Enoch out and anti Levy will be you know kind of undone yeah after, well, that, after that point <laughs> <laughs> well Sean how about you I mean it's been a, a fantastic week for us in terms of seeing the buzz around Bale and getting regular in uh, you've enjoyed it it's been nice it's nice to nice to see us in the news and in the news for good things because you know over the over the lockout we were getting a lot of bad press for our various things that the club was doing uh furloughing us the staff and various other things uh it was, that was U-turned, but yeah, it was, they, they, they but, tried to, but it was U-turned, yeah. Yeah, but there were just so many, there were bad things, and it's just nice to see us in the news being talked about in a positive fashion. It's nice to see almost universally the fans excited and happy and looking forward to the season and that Bale's back and that Regulon's here, and that even with that, there are still more rumors of other players, even though we've signed uh, four, I guess signed three and one on loan, but there's still more talk about more players coming. Mm. And finally, we're we're seeing what looks to be built a squad that can compete on multiple fronts and hopefully, fingers crossed, win multiple trophies. Yeah, I've seen your um, selection of Bale shirts in our Slack chat. So you're obviously a fan. What's your favorite Bale moment, Sean? Uh, I've got to go back to the game against Inter. I know we lost, but uh, oh, yeah, yeah. we were down and out of that game and he single-handedly brought us back into that match and who knows with a little luck maybe he could have had a fourth or somebody else and we take it to extra time but what a what a what a performance it's when he announced himself really as a world-class player we always knew he had talent he played very well under red nap but that was when we were like he's the real deal 
Abby, how about you? I mean, you must have seen him live a few times. I I left the country before I could actually see Gareth Bale in the flesh, unfortunately, at White Hart Lane. But um, what's your favourite Bale memory? Oh, I've seen him many a time, and I was very, very upset the day he left. It mm. broke my heart. So I'm very, very happy to see him back. Um, for me, my favourite Bale moment was uh, away at West Ham. I was there, um, that famous three-two game. Uh, what was it, 89th minute? Gareth Bale goal, everyone knows it. And what a screamer it was and obviously won the game as well. And it was just, for me, it just it just was the epitome of Gareth Bale. Just never stopped working, never stopped running. And you just give the ball to Bale and he'd do something. And mm. he could just win games single-handedly. And he just... He was just fantastic. And, you know, we actually had pretty good teams still, um, you know, back then. So now we've got probably an even better squad. Him playing alongside Son and Kane. I just can't wait. I just want to get back in the stadium ASAP. Dying to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We Unfortunately, we've seen the news recently that um, it's going to be looking like maybe six months still now after the recent lockdown. Is, is that the case, Abby? Or you're more in tune with things there? No, I think that is the case. They've said potentially up to six months. I don't think that it will be six months. I think that they will find a way around it. But this country is, uh, change, it changes <laughs> by the day. That's <laughs> what you can do, what you can't do. Don't go out, go out, stay at home, work from home, don't go out, you know, go to work. So I don't really know, but I guess, I guess we'll wait and see. But I think, you know, throughout winter whether or not it gets any worse the COVID situation then mm. they might have to do it but I think for the country as a whole being able to go back to football stadiums be able to go and watch I know you've got it on TV but it's just it's not the same not and the same, yeah. I think it just gives everyone such a big boost that day that they say okay you know we can start trialing it in the Premier League because as far as I'm aware the test events that football clubs have had so far have actually gone very well so mm. um, it's just a shame that they've obviously pushed it back further but who knows they might change their mind in a month or so time and we can only hope yeah yeah well, we saw recently with the called off game with Leighton Orient that um in the lower leagues and we were lucky I read yesterday that um Brentford and Hull refused the tests we paid for Leighton Orient's test and thank goodness they accepted that and and sadly, there was the game was a buy, but we're very supportive of the J3 Foundation at the pod. And I know the club is and supporters have. And I just want to send a big well done to all the Spurs fans that have got on to the, the Leighton Orient club shop and bought, bought some of their merch, like hats off. That's, that's what Tottenham's about. We've just quickly, we've, we've spoken about players coming in. There are rumours about players going out. Oh, sorry, I'll start with you, Sean, actually. There's whispers about, about Delhi. Lamella always comes up now and again. Who do you think will leave and who do you want to leave? I wouldn't mind seeing Aurier go. Gazaniga possibly for some for some money to do something. Uh, if you're going to let Delhi go, you've got to be there's got to be something else in the works. There's got to be somebody of a similar of a similar ilk or someone who's going to be an attacking midfielder. I know for the last year and a half or so he has not played as well as he used to and I understand that and I understand people's frustrations with him. I know you could hear on the telecast today Josie yelling at him to concentrate, concentrate, stay in the game. And I get it, but he's too good of a talent to just give away. If we're going to sell him, we need to be bringing somebody back in because at any one moment, he is so capable of pulling out something that so few players can. And I would I would hate to see us just loan him out or sell him and suddenly he turns into an all-world player somewhere else. I, I wouldn't mind a lot. He needs a jump start. There's something not quite right there. He doesn't seem, and it, it's his style of play as well. It's the, his position because he's not he's not an out and out striker. He's not a central midfielder. He sort of works the space around Kane. He's a bit of a, a Thomas Muller in that he 
doesn't really fit in anywhere, but just comes up with moments of brilliance. And uh, Abby, what's your thoughts on Delhi? Keep or sell? Keep for now. I think that everyone is quite critical of Delhi and rightly so. But I think that it's a strange one for me with Jose because when he came in, he was absolutely singing Delhi's praises. You know, mm. it seemed that he was very much part of his project. So I don't know if this is one of Jose's tactics um, in terms of trying to, you know, be cruel to be kind mm-hmm. um, and get the best out of him. But I find it strange that someone who's, you know, kind of seven months ago, he was very, very hot on. He'd now be very keen to not put in the squad and be happy to sell. I do agree. I think if there was a, a team that came in and said we take him on loan, I'm not opposed to a loan because I think that with Delhi, he started off with such a bang and so strong. The, the bar was set so high and there was a lot of talk about mm. him going to Madrid and here and there. He's very, very young. And we forget, I think, that he's still, I think, maybe, is he 24, 23 or 24? Yeah, um, You know, he's, he's really not particularly old. And I think that him maybe going and playing in a different team would be good if we could get a loan deal. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't be looking to sell him just yet because, uh, like Sean said, I'd be worried he'd go elsewhere and yeah. then become the player he was. Mm. So if it meant going on loan, rediscovering that kind of form, whether it be here or PSG or somewhere else, um, I think that might be good for him. But I wouldn't be looking to sell just yet. Well, who would you get rid of then? I mean, we've got Winks, we've got Lucas, we've got Lamella. We've got the squad is quite fat. Not fat in terms of their, their fitness, but bloated. That's the word. Um, bloated. Bloated, <laughs> bloated is a good word. So who would you get rid of? Who who, who, you who, think, who do you think we can get rid of? Who would I get rid of? Now, I mean, I think, look, I mean, Aurier does divide opinion. I probably, if Noffa came in, I wouldn't say no. I think in terms of someone like Ben Davis, you, he kind of does what he says on the tin. You know, obviously, I'm, I've been very happy to get rid of Danny Rose. I think he's we've definitely come to the end of... Uh, mm that journey with with each, with each other in terms of the club and player. And obviously it looked like he was going and I think that something's obviously gone on there with Genoa and they're now not interested. Who else? I really like Harry Winks. I wouldn't be looking to get to get rid of him, really? whether or not he'll... I do. I, do you know what I love about him? I love that he loves the club. Oh, and I think on. that it's important. I think it's important to have people route who, who understand the club within the club. I'm not saying he's going to start every week as this, you know, Jose era goes on. Obviously, if Ndombele's fit and Hoiberg and Lacelle, so there's not much room for him. But I wouldn't necessarily be looking to sell him at the minute. Gazaniga, yes, I'd be happy to part ways with. Um, I mean, weirdly, I wouldn't say no if Eric Dyer moved either. Mm. Um, I, I can't see him going because Jose loves him so much, but I wouldn't have necessarily said no about him moving. For me, Lucas is one that yeah. might upset a few people, <laughs> but I just, I feel that you can't live off Amsterdam yeah. forever. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm not doubting his work rate for the team. He runs an awful lot, but I'd say his actual contributions are not great. And he gets quite a lot of game time and I don't think he affects play. I don't even remember seeing him go off on Sunday against Southampton. I don't even remember seeing him come on, you know, <laughs> even in that starting 11. I don't feel like he's he just there. Affect- he's just there. And like, yes, he covers a lot of ground, but as a, as a forward attacking player, you've got to contribute, you know, and I mm-hmm. don't feel like he does. So as much as, you know, we all love him for Amsterdam, that's not necessarily a reason to keep playing a player. And I think obviously now with Bale there, he'll, he'll probably miss out. And he'll, but he's, he is far more effective from the bench and he, he always has been. So whether or not he is from that point, and obviously you've got Lamella. <laughs> 
Sorry to jump in. He, he was today. He came off the bench, and and that's what our second goal came from him having a shot. The seat keeper saved, and and uh, Sonny... he's, he's far more he's far more effective when he comes off the bench, and hmm. that's why he starts every week. And I think he kind of gets lost in the game and just a lot of tra tracking back, and you don't really see all the stuff he does. But when he comes on, it's kind of like a burst of energy, burst of power. But yeah. during a full ninety, I don't I don't feel that he affects the type of game. Hmm. And then you've got the uh, the curious case of Eric Lamella. <laughs> um, who again? I really, I quite like him. I like that he's got a bit of bite about him. Obviously, we know that you know October's coming up, so he'll probably be be, be out of the game until about March time, as usual, <laughs> with a mysterious hip hip injury or yeah. something. But I, I quite like him. I think he does it again. Come on, I think he does affect games when he comes on. So mm. he, he's been there quite a long time. He's been there seven years, and um, he's yet to kind of complete a full season. So. <laughs> If if an offer came in, I guess you'd take it. Obviously, we expect Foyth to go. Yeah, it was a weird one. He, he played like six professional games and we signed him out of nowhere because he's from the same town as Poch. Maybe I'm confusing him with Gazaniga, but there was certainly some kind of Argentine connection that really was the driving force for that transfer. So we're looking to wrap up. As I said at the start of the pod, Abby, I'm a big fan of your run of play pod. Uh, it's great. It's not a Spurs pod. There's enough of them out there. But um, I'm sure our listeners would like to know more. So here's your chance. Tell us about Run of Play. Yeah, I'm so glad you're enjoying it. We've done about six episodes so far. And yeah, you're, like you said, it's not a Spurs podcast because um, I've got too many Spurs friends that do podcasts and <laughs> didn't, didn't want to step on anyone's toes. And sometimes it's nice just to have a general chat about football rather than it being about your own team sometimes. So yeah, it's a general football podcast. Um, it's very topical. So we'll have a different person on expert in their field each week. We've had Troy Townsend on, um, obviously discussing about Kick It Out and about Black Lives Matter and racism. We recently had Rosella Ryan on from actually Spurs Women talking about WSL and talking about women's football. We've had Fabrizio Romano on talking about transfers and how that kind of process works behind the scenes. So it's not always, you know, just, um, it's always about football, but it's also about topics surrounding football. So it's good. You guys should give it a listen it's something different to listen to and it's a very chilled relaxed feel to it and um yeah so far so good really cool. enjoying it brilliant do listen out for that cheese heads right let's wrap up let's get predictions sean you first what do you think the score will be against newcastle on sunday i'm going 2-1 spurs and i'm gonna stick with the hot guns and one by harry and one by sonny cool who's getting their goal or do you care? Let, let's go with a uh, with a with a appearance again by Joe Linton. He, he knows he knows how to score at the stadium, so he can't <laughs> score anywhere else. <laughs> oh god, Abby, how about you? Uh, any any increases on two one? Uh, I go three one, and I'm going to go Kane down one, Son one, and then I'm going to say Callum Wilson's going to probably break that 509 minute record of not scoring <laughs> against us. I think yeah. I mean, I'd love a clean sheet, Jesus, but I just can't see it right now. So I'm going to go. I think I'll go three one as well. Their goal will come from Andy Carroll. Why not? Andy Carroll and ours will be Lo Celso and two from Kane. I think Sonny's going to have a break this weekend. Guys, thank you so much. Sean, thanks for joining. Any final notes, mate? No, everything is good. Just I wish everybody to stay safe with these numbers going back up. Stay home. Stay safe. Keep it. Keep everybody and your family safe. Yeah, listen to the Cheeseman podcast. Definitely. Uh, Abby, thanks for joining. Anything you want to add? No, just uh, echoing Sean. Obviously, stay safe and just, you know, let's just enjoy the football, I guess, we can all currently watch on TV. And yeah, obviously, go listen to the podcast, Cheese Room, obviously, because we're on it right now, but also at Run the Podcast. Go and listen to that one. Yeah, and give them a follow on Twitter. You've got a great Twitter Twitter account too. Cheeseheads, do listen out for the review of the Newcastle game from Franco and the European crew. That will be out Sunday evening, Monday morning. Do remember to like, subscribe, comment. Check out our YouTube 
YouTube uh, videos. We're now doing watch-alongs. As ever, keep the faith and come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Oh, yeah. Come on, you Spurs. Do you want me to do a better one then? No, no. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.